like what everybody else is doing. It's like you see all of these conveyor belts of life, and you you end up getting thrown on a few just by how you were raised. Like you like if you go to a Christian church, like for the most part, a lot of people stay in a Christian church. Like you get thrown on some of these conveyor belts without mm-hmm. truly having a choice, and then it gets to a point where maybe you are brought a lot more knowledge that allows you to see outside that conveyor belt, and then that's where I guess those choices come in. And a lot of people don't have enough knowledge of self or understanding to be able to jump off of one conveyor belt and then create their own. And that's, I think, fear is a big thing in that of leaving something you've known and you've been taught for so long. Because, again, no one wants to believe what they've been taught is wrong because that's counterproductive. Why would someone teach me something that's that's wrong? Even though I think that's the root of a lot of these problems. I, I think... Um, I, and uh, we're going to talk about like religion and spirituality. Starting in like, the household, like, and you're saying a lot of those problems start in the household. I think a lot of the things we're talking about here, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the a lot of the bigger problems that we're going to talk about was was started in a lot of households. Oh yeah, I think that I agree. we were taught a lot of horrible habits, mm-hmm. especially in the black community, that due to a lot of reasons that were outside of their control, that began to be passed down. But I think what we're seeing now, especially with people like Elon Musk, the creator of JetBlue, who went down to South America and started another airline that's now one of the number one airlines in Southern America, having a different way of thinking than outside of what you're taught um, can create a lot of change. But I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of fear that keeps people from doing that. But like we talk about food, like in a black community, I think that's a big one, especially here on COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, they're saying comorbidities, but then if you look at the data, over, I think it was 76% of the people who were having serious complications due to COVID, they were obese. Mm-hmm. Obese. Diabetes, high <laughs> blood sugar, all of these Literally. things. And like that's, if you go look at the numbers, I went and, I, after I seen this, I went and looked into more statistics. I'm like, well, how many people, what percentage of black people have some of these diseases? And black women actually lead in a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these categories. In every other category of women, um, the percentage of obesity and disease goes down as the level of income increases. But for mm-hmm. black women, they're the only group of people that it stays the same. Or well, because increases. they keep on eating the same things and still surround themselves by the same people. But, but this is a conversation I, you have in a household where it's like, if you begin to talk about food, it's like, what? but it's soul food. This is our culture. I mean, like, it's I, like, this, well, how this, was this, this culture, this how was this culture created? Like, yeah, and a lot that. of this stuff that we eat, that came from what the slave was throwing away. Well, yeah, the, the slave yeah, master was giving had. us extra. Yeah. It, it goes it's into, into resources, though, yeah. at the same time, because you have to look at the socioeconomic disconnect mm-hmm. between race, races in America. And then it's just like, there's like food deserts or whatever, True. where I can be uh, here. It's a very predominantly black neighborhood. So there, all the grocery stores around there are just gonna be like Smiths or some like some shit that doesn't provide ten miles up the road where white people are. You have like Whole Foods and Sprouts and all these organic, True. locally sourced, non-GMO things. So you What's have to organic? consider that. No, um, that that's definitely a part of it. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about going into a grocery store mm-hmm. and then going to go grab that that damn pig. But they're still going to pick something else because it's with the culture. Yeah, it's the Mm -hmm. culture. It's the only thing they truly Mm -hmm. know. Like, they don't know anything else. They haven't been exposed to anything else. And then when you begin to have some of these conversations, there's a lot of, like, like you're going to, like, you ain't black. Like, you... You don't like that. You don't like mm-hmm. that. That pork. You don't want that. Ba- like you don't it's want cool. those ribs. It's it's but then when you say that, then there's a lot. Oh my gosh! Like you know. What I mean, I'm but then, but then I feel like that's when the conversation ends. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. And I would respect you. Like I would respect it if you would just let me do me. Mm-hmm. Like, Truly, but I, but I, this I mean, com- 
Oh no, I understand because I know I know the type of person that you are. Because yeah. you're gonna put people on the information. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I feel like I'm not. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I could give you information. You tell me you don't want it. That's the end of conversation. It's a lost cause. We, like, yeah, we have nothing it. else to talk I care about. Too much. Sometimes. Yeah, you feel me? But I'm saying because this personally happened in my household, especially with my uncle being a trainer and my grandmother being from down south, cooking on every Sunday, doing what she do. And what I think it was like nine, ten years ago, Uncle B was like, "We need to stop eating like this because you're gonna die because you're gonna get fat." Uh-huh. And that's just what happened. And my grandma was like, what? Like, I can't eat this stuff. You can eat it, but in moderation. But eating this every day, like, this isn't, like, it's not going to suffice. Exactly. And then once she's seen a dramatic, uh, dramatic change in her health afterwards, when changing her eating habits and lifting weights, it's on the paper. Like, you see yourself doing better. Mm-hmm. But those are people who are receptive. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not receptive, there's no need. Yeah. But this goes back to... I guess how we got in this conversation was the fact that I believe that a lot of the bad things oh, yeah. in our Starts community stems from the household. And I think a lot yeah. of that is because of this culture that we've been bred to associate with that truly wasn't really created by us. It was it, it was it was it was molded by other people and mm-hmm. we made it the best of what we had. But do you think it's like a hierarchy? Things. You know, like usually it's like whatever the oldest person says goes like and that's the rules usually it goes like generationally you keep on teaching the same habits yeah, they, yeah. They, like they, down yeah. like they say yeah, a lot of like broken. like they go oh well if your father had diabetes you're more likely to have diabetes because of your genes well is it more of genes or is it habits it's am habits. i am i, am I collecting yeah. genes that say i'm going to have this or really am i collecting the habits but people want to make themselves feel better exactly by saying, yeah and genes and all that does uh-huh. is feed some other white person in these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. it just creates this circle doing again. whatever. They own the same farm that sold you the damn hormone pig. Exactly. They're getting paid in three different ways. It's mm-hmm. like um, the the family that created Oxycontin was at the same time creating something to get people off Oxycontin. Does does the black community allow for individual individuality? No. No. 100% no. I think that's changing with us. Mm-hmm. I think that our generation and younger with the access to a lot of information, some people are tapping into it and mm-hmm. some people are being exposed to just mass amounts of information that is like essentially forcing you to wake up. It's like Neo not handing you the blue pill, like he throwing the blue pill in your mm-hmm. mouth. Like I feel like, especially with these social media programs, was like you slide through, like I was sliding through the other day and somebody sends me something about a lot of lakes in this country were actually black towns and they mm-hmm. essentially drowned the, drowned the black towns and created lakes. I'm like, yo, I never knew this. Like getting a piece of that information completely alters how you see things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I guess in the past, in the culture of the black community, it's really hard to be an individual, but I think this generation and the younger ones are slowly changing that. You become a like a liability or an issue if you're like a, too much of an individual. You become too hard to control. Yeah. You start mm. thinking too freely. That's like, it's too much of a risk. Like, why are you questioning my authority? You feel me? Like, I feel like we've seen it with Arborview football. <laughs> you Like, you see it. You get an individual on the team and we're all one. We don't want you to be a part of the team because you don't have the same mission as us. Mm. Now, you might even have the same mission, but, oh, you go you're doing something. Yeah, you're doing too much. you you're trying to be too swaggy. You're trying to be cute. You're trying to do this. Why can't I be myself and do this? You feel me? Like, it's just, I, it causes too much. Like, it causes too much ruckus in, I like, think the you, community. You struck something that was truly, uh, really important. And being an individual makes you hard to control. Yeah. We live in a society that's built on that control mm-hmm. and trying to sustain that control. 
Like all of these levers and uh, what do they call limits on power? They claim mm -hmm. are really just <laughs> mechanisms to um, grab control of people. And how do we keep these people in line? And you mentioned our review football, but I mean, we can look at society right now in the COVID nineteen vaccine. It's like yeah. you get the vaccine to help your commute community and all this stuff. And it's like it almost became a meme. And when you speak to people about it, like. A lot of some of the people I asked just to be truthful, I'm like, you know, like what led you get the vaccine? They're like, I was peer pressured. Because that's what it is, bro. Like, like how do you, you're going to start to sweat. Like, no matter how many times people ask, oh, you're going to get the, the vaccine. You need the vaccine. You need the vaccine. Jobs are requiring you to get the vaccine. Like, then. But what do you think as an individual? I mean, for me personally, like. No, I wasn't asking. I mean, I'm a, like, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to ridicule you for it. Like. I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Like, you're you, I'm me. We're going to make the best decisions for ourselves. Right. But it's like, how do you not crumble to the peer pressure eventually? Like, I don't know. Like, you just keep on getting something. Like, eventually it's going to become your own thought. You keep on getting, like, something projected on you. You're going to start to believe it. Is that like, Edward Bernays propaganda? The, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Propaganda. Mm -hmm. Literally. Literally. You start to, you see it enough, you're going to start to believe it. Oh, shit. Maybe I should get this vaccine. Oh, shit. I'm flying. I'm gonna be in recycle air. Shit, I need to. I need to get my vaccine. These people might be right. Oh, I touch people every day. Even when, if you have a conversation with your doctor, you're even your doctor, the person who, in theory, knows your body. I guess second best to you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Would tell you that maybe this isn't the best thing for you, but now you have a newspaper, a news station, your school, it's your much. job, telling you no, no, this is the best thing for you. Even though we know nothing about your health conditions. We're telling you that this is the best thing for you. I think so it's just causing a the divide control. in between America, bro. That, divide and conquer. And yeah. I think um, the people who are caught, the people who are dividing us are the only people who are conquering. It's not mm. us sitting here. Um, how do I want to articulate this? I'm about to lose the thought. Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Still, like, but what's the end <laughs> game? But what's the end game, though? Like, in reality, what population control? People dying? Like, what? What is it? I ain't the one controlling it, so I can't tell you what they got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but like, like, we like, don't all see here. I think no eventually, soon. like, it's gonna come. It's gonna come forward. Like, what the reason is for? Mm -hmm. Like, like, there's no way. Like, just the way that things are going. Like, just being bombarded like this just shows how much control America really doesn't have. I think that we all should have the individual right to make that decision mm -hmm. because it's your body. Like, like they're saying that people are getting myocarditis and all of these different um, uh, side effects. Like, and then people go out and say, "But it's only zero point zero zero whatever percent." But it's like, it, it's always just a number until it's it's you or somebody you love, and oh, then exactly. it means a lot more. It hits a lot closer to home. Yeah, what when it hits a lot closer really? to home, then it, but it's like. But then it doesn't matter at that point because once you lose a loved one, you lose your life. Like it's like there's no there's no do overs, there's no run it back. So yeah. why would you not just make a decision that you in your mind individually yeah, so feels sound with, so that you could actually accept whatever comes with it? Exactly, because like I do believe COVID is real. Like like it's been close. 100%. It's I been agree. close. You know, yeah, like it's it's, it's been close enough. I just been fortunate enough not to get it like a I, blessing so yeah definitely definitely a blessing so it's like I, I just don't know like what am i what am i putting myself at risk for like really like getting the shot i put my risk i put myself at risk every day going outside so i mean mm -hmm. what what's the difference so it's whatever i 
just do what's best for me. How many people dying every year from them whites? And what I call them whites is that 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 sugar and that damn salt. Oh that yeah. White. How many people dying every year from heart disease, diabetes, obesity? All of these things. Well, that's people, that's legal. That's legal. Because black people are the main people the dying leaders. from this shit. And they, they, exactly. Well, I feel like that was something that was pushed forward as well with the body positivity movement as hmm. well. Talk about it. I feel like. So, that might be offensive. Like, okay. I mean, if you're completely comfortable with your body, I love it. Yeah. I love it for you. But do not promote morbid obesity oh, okay. as being okay. Going. That mm-hmm. is not okay. Mm-hmm. If you're 300 pounds at 5'5", five, 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 you're, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> like, that's not okay. Like, I'm Talk glad that you it. love yourself, mm-hmm. but obviously you don't. To put yourself in better health. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So like stop putting these images out like, oh, if you're fat, it's fine. It's I, fine for you. Yeah, yeah it's fine don't for you. Don't promote it for other Yeah, people. don't be like, oh, if you get fat, nobody's like, no, mm-hmm. your health is at risk. You should definitely be like concerned. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Who are they promoting this message to? I remember I was on YouTube and they had, uh, I'm sure people will remember this. Maybe, maybe not. They had like this little ad where it was like, it was a cartoon picture of a bunch of people dancing or whatever, but then they had someone who was visibly obese from the image, and they made sure that she was black. And it's like anytime we see in like popular <laughs> culture, what we call popular culture, mm-hmm. anytime we see this conversation being had, it's usually with black women being the the leader mm-hmm. in a lot of these oh, conversations. Yeah. And it's like we get in like predictive programming and propaganda and all of those things. But I think you're right, Torian. It's definitely, this message is definitely being pushed to our communities and it's detrimentally affecting our communities because well, we're leading deaths in these we, We've said this even about like homosexual things in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like we've definitely went over like back mm-hmm. and forth about this a lot. Because like I personally don't believe you could be conditioned to be homosexual at all. I feel like you're just birth. born. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're born gay. Like, I feel that. Now, I definitely do believe that, like, there's a lot of stuff being implemented into, like, children's shows and stuff, like, of homosexuality that's kind of, like, unnecessary. Like, kind of throwing it in there for no reason. I guess it's just to kind of normalize it if something was to come up or, like, an interaction. Okay. But I, I don't think it's conditioning. Like, I, that's one thing. I don't feel like they're trying to push, like, the LGBTQ thing on everybody, but they, they kind of are at the same time. It's weird. I don't so know. do you think they're trying to push the LGBTQ on people or not? I feel like more so on the older generation, bro. Like, I feel like that's the people that they really want to to, to affect. To be The young. older generation? In my opinion, bro, because it's everywhere. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like our grandparents are the people that, that have the problem with that community the most what tools are they using to communicate this message I, I, your grandpa I, I understand I, I understand where you're going with this definitely social media and cartoons all that it's so for then, the kids and how is yeah. that so then that's not but, your grandpa. but still it's, it's still on the news mm-hmm. like when it's pride month they have it like they're talking about some sure. sort of LGBTQ community bro they, they're pushing it on people like, okay but let's break this down one by one and not try to like keep to a consensus like what tools are they using to push this lgbtq message in your mind where are you consistently seeing it on social media okay who in in your opinion uses social media and all these other forms that they're using to push this message millennials and then what is what are we gen z i don't know the name of it yeah like just yeah, just a younger crowd yeah, not younger older crowd. people yeah yeah okay. not not people over maybe 50 okay so 
did you felt that obesity was something that was being like the whole body positivity was something that was being pushed on the black community did you feel that way I feel it kind of always has bro yeah. to be honest and like do you feel that that has the ability to change someone's mind or make them... You, well, you did say it makes you feel like it's okay and all these things. Like, for the obesity, like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like it's okay? I guess other people. It, it, it makes it as, as if, I guess... It's it makes it, it more acceptable. Okay. But that isn't going to make me go out and be like, I can get fat. Do you feel me? You. Yeah. In, in my logical mind... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In in my term of logic, like it's not gonna be oh I'm gonna get fat because I, nobody's gonna like give me shit about it. Now with gay, it's not like oh I'm watching this and it's making me oh maybe it's okay with like me being gay being around like gay people. I don't, I just don't feel like it has that same effect. So when I think that they're getting to trying to condition people is when I'm scrolling down and this actually happened. I'm scrolling down YouTube again. And there's a test that says, are you gay? Take a test. Like, you can't, you can't tell me that that's like, that, that's wrong. That's wrong. No, you can't take wrong. a test yeah, that's and, and, and that's you weird. tell me if I'm gay mm-hmm. or not. Like yeah. you said, you're born and you know whether you're gay or not. That's cool. But you're going to put a test there for some kid to see and say, are you gay? Take a test. Now, if you're six, five, whatever, four years old and you take this test, mom, they but the test they told me I'm gay like yeah I understand that's that whoever was behind that had an agenda so I I think like whether you believe that people can are born gay or not I think the bigger conversation is where are these agendas coming from and Mm -hmm. what are their goals whether it's possible or not Mm -hmm. you should be aware of when that way you should maybe if you want to whatever but um, there are agendas out here and there are people behind these agendas. Whether yeah. it, whether they're going to succeed or not is, is is anyone's guess. Whether it's possible or not is anyone's guess. But I definitely do think people have agendas, mm-hmm. and they're trying to push those agendas. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that there there's agendas. No, I agree, there. but like once again, what is the goal? Like I would hope it's to normalize LGBTQI. Mm-hmm. No, no, I understand like, that. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, what would be the point other than that? Like, mm-hmm. but there always seems to be something else. I just yeah, don't always know. seems to be. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't, of course, accepting it, but, like, putting it in, like, young kid shows and, like, I think so deep. maybe doing that is to, because, again, yeah, the people whose minds we really want to change are the older people. They're not consuming this. But maybe if they see a younger generation or their grandchild asking, like, what, because this is a thing I have, like, a, a dispute and, like, thing I have with a set of my grandparents, because they have totally different views than I do, is to kind of look at them and maybe question your grandparents and be like, yeah, why are you like this? But, I mean, that's hard to do. I haven't specifically flat out said that to my grandparents, no. but maybe no. it's to start a conversation between the older and younger generation, and maybe that way as they're phased out i guess that's the best way i can say that (laughs) (laughs) when their time has come that will do better and be more accepting and the ones that still remain for as long as they do will but i feel like that but i feel like it's those people because i mean you see how many that are pushing the agenda no like older people like becoming okay with that or even coming out themselves mm-hmm. after being closeted for so long mm-hmm. the only person they're damaging is themselves in the end and I feel like the only people who really bothers is the people that don't feel secure with themselves like 
in my opinion, like, I don't see why people are homophobic at all. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's weird to me. I, I feel like that means you have a problem with you. Yeah, 100%. Probably. That, it, yeah, that's, that, yeah, I don't like, understand that. Every, uh, I'm, I'm of the way of thinking, like, I mean, as long as you're not harming anybody, you do what you want with Bro, your life. Enjoy it's, yourself. It's that fragile, that fragile ego masculinity thing. Like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I'm, There's I'm, a threat to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I've seen it so many times, bro. Like, a gay dude walk in, every dude be like, oh, shit. I promise you. Oh. But they're always, you. but, they're, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's another thing. They paint this as being like a toxic mas- mas- masculinity problem, but there are women who feel the same way. Like, you just got to change your, oh, yeah. your, your, your surroundings. Yeah. What is yeah. it, toxic there's, there's, femininity? Like, there's, there's I've never yeah. even there's heard that. I, ever. I had a podcast I've about that. I've never even day. heard oh, that. Wow. I always yeah. hear toxic masculinity, and it's like they try to paint this as, as men are the issue uh-huh. behind. It's like you're, you're it's, it's always I said, I men it's behind, behind the fragile. homophobic. Not toxic. I don't. I think there's a there's a like a difference, bro. Fragile, like mm-hmm. there ain't no a fragile thing would be like, oh, I come, I walk in here, I'm five eleven. You walk in here, you're six five, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, that that guy could definitely take my girlfriend. That's fragile masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's weak as fuck. Like, how as a man could you say something like that? Mm. Like, shit, I don't give a fuck. He's 6'5", 5'11", bro. I'm rocked up. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you feel me? Like, but there's dudes that are like that. You mm. feel me? Or a gay dude come in and he's like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Or like, gay dude approach him and he talking to him and he frees up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you being weird? Like, what, what are you scared of? Like, it's a human being. So you can't respect him as a man because he likes other men. And I think a lot of that comes from a lack of understanding. Oh yeah, and, and repeating De- some things and definitely. some 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 in in a, a lot of the culture. And I think Kanye West said it back when he was beginning to blow up. He was like, "The complete opposite right now of hip hop is gay. Like you say something bad, you say it's gay. Like yeah, and, yeah. And, and and that was instilled into the rap yeah. culture mm-hmm. at that time." And I feel like as time passes, a lot more information is being able, being put out there, and slowly you're being, um, I guess, surrounded by people being more comfortable expressing that side of themselves. So then a lot of people are coming on and understanding that they're people just like I am. But a lot of people don't think that. Like so, you you say you go to a store and somebody tenses up, they probably really are scared. Like you don't know what they've seen. I think it goes back to like. A lot of the, a lot of like uh, the relationship between a lot of white and black people in a lot of different areas of America. Oh yeah, they've only yeah. seen a, a, a rap video yeah. of somebody shooting in this movie because you know they only put out a movie of us either shooting or being a slave. Yeah. So you see a white person. I've met white people. They're like, man, like I've never even, I never even, I've only talked to like two black people my whole yeah. life. Like they don't even know what to expect out Bro. of a conversation because they've been programmed to think one thing of me. And I, I think we see a lot friend. of that. I have an interracial friend that I met in Kansas, and I was his first, like, fully black friend besides mm-hmm. his dad, bro. And it was the craziest thing ever. Like, he literally just called me the other night, like, just telling me how much he loved me, like, for being his first black friend, bro. And it was like... That's interesting. Bro, what? Like, it it, it hit me. Like, it hit my soul. I was like, damn, bro. It's like, I'm probably going to be somebody he's going to remember for the rest of his yeah. life, bro. Like, and I don't feel like you get too many experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel... I don't know with a a black person being around a whole bunch of white people, bro. That's like I don't know that that feeling like when you feel that shock yeah. and they're like, 
that it's the weirdest thing ever. I don't even know what to do. And I think that's the importance of us telling our stories and back to even the, the feminist conversation where I'm like, I would just like to see black women define what that means to them more because mm-hmm. we've always seen the other side of that coin where it's like everybody else just has to fall under it and fall under the way that white men who control this and a lot of white women who are um, pushing it on the forefront um, are, are portraying it to be. I feel mm-hmm. like if we all just begin to tell our stories um, and represent ourselves and in our, our truth living in our truth and not being afraid to express it there's a lot of understanding that comes from that mm-hmm. i think it's a matter of understanding like other people's truths like mm-hmm. i think people be trying too hard to convince them that their truth is like nobody listens yeah like mm-hmm. you're trying to yeah exactly nobody nobody's trying to comprehend what you're saying mm-hmm. and like everybody's reality is different because we all live different lives so like we can't tell you what's right from wrong I, I don't live your life so mm-hmm. Perspectives can be changed by just a little bit of information. I think traveling will show you that. Definitely. But that state to state, city to city traveling will definitely show you how a little bit of information could completely change your perspective. Mm-hmm. Bro, what? After we definitely should travel Seattle, more as people. For sure. After coming back from Seattle, you could definitely see like why people are the way that they are. Like it's just it's too gloomy, bro. Like even though I was out there <laughs> seasonal depression. Well, it's like the the, the the four days I was out there, two of the four days I was there, it was really sunny. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Like, that was one of the first times I had been to Seattle when it was sunny. Well, Washington, period. Mm-hmm. But then it just switched over fast. And it's like one of those weird places, like, where the city functions at night. Like, mm. people were walking, going to work. Like, everybody's out past 10 p.m. just on the streets. Mm. So it's like a really live city. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, why isn't everybody inside? Like, it's weird. But, like, nobody really communicates with each other. It's really grungy. Like, I, I definitely see why, like, their suicide rates are where they are. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't live there, bro. Uh-huh. You've been there, right? Yeah, I've been to Seattle. I mean, I think growing up in Vegas and, like, just having the sun all the time and, like, that being something mm-hmm. that we're used to. Yeah, I definitely have a hard time going somewhere where it's cloudy. But I definitely like to experience it just to... I guess get a little bit of understanding out of it. Whatever would come from it, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like, I feel like with that kind of weather, like that only brings like bad thoughts, bro. Like, because I I feel like the weather definitely plays on like your emotional and like your psych as well, bro. Like, I know that I I'm I'm a much better person when it's sunny outside for mm. sure. Like, I'm definitely a more tropical, sunny type of guy. I will never live anywhere that's like overcast. I think that. Too much of anything is a bad thing. So any like you need a mix. Yeah, you need a little mix, and I think you can like when you like begin to observe yourself. Like you know, like when it's raining, maybe I like to make music more. You know what I'm saying? Like different things like trigger different things in people's brains. Like some people when they get in the sun, it's oh my gosh, I can't think, I get angry. And then somebody's oh my god, like oh it's cold, man. This is for me, man. Like Mm -hmm. you know, I'm about to, I could, I could relax in this. So I. I personally like to experience different things just so I could learn different things about myself that I never knew. Yeah. And I think uh, it puts a lot of things into perspective, not necessarily weather, but just different attitudes. When you travel, just going from, like, state to state, some places I go, I'm just like, these motherfuckers really think like this? Or, like, Mm. oh, that's dope. Like, their sense of community is totally different than what it is here in Vegas or stuff like that. So that's, like, I think those are, like, positives of traveling and just getting to know other people and how they interact amongst each other. But then there's some things where you don't have to take in everything you have learned because some things I'm just like, nah, that shit ain't right. How do you guys do this or go about your life this way? 
Did you grow up like talking to your neighbors? Um. Yes. You did. Yeah. Did you now, grow up talking no. to your neighbors. I think as a kid, because I grew up um, in like the old part of Las Vegas for the most part when I was younger, whether that's the West Side or mm-hmm. um, I don't even know the streets over there, over there by that ABC Academy. Yeah. Over just being with my grandparents, it, yeah. it, that was a black community. So mm-hmm. the neighbors were they were family. Like the neighbors were family. So. I did to an extent, but I definitely can remember in my mind where that changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was going to ask after that. Cause like, definitely, I used to play outside with a group on the west side, too, with a whole bunch of people. But then I just remember suddenly it just stopped. Just stopped. And then, yeah. like, uh, like even in, like, my young adulthood, bro, I, I don't talk to my neighbors, bro, like, at all, bro. Like, not at all. And another thing that I want about, like, traveling, what you see is how the building, like, the way that they construct different cities brings out different things in people. Because you have a place like Seattle, it's constructed in a different way where Mm -hmm. everything is, like, these co-working spaces or you have a a, a working building and at the bottom floors they have a bunch of stores. Everything is, like, a cubicle type thing. It it breeds community in a a way. And, like, that Silicon Valley way of doing things. But then you get to a place like Las Vegas where everything is almost in my mind when i begin to travel and come back to vegas I, I instantly begin to see vegas as like every like a lot of these homes and a lot of these communities are built in a way like everybody has their own prison like yeah you're just built and like there's don't not come as much of lighting the, no, the windows not. aren't open wow no, it's not the it's the land like it's everything just like, looks the same everything's built straight up yep. like so they could pack it right next mm-hmm. to each other they're trying to fill up as much space as they can yeah. house like, wall gate yeah yep. like literally and then like short driveway, like medium sized mm-hmm. driveway, bro. Like it, it's crazy. Yeah. But like in Seattle, I think it's very reminiscent of like what I think I would see in like Asia. You feel me? Mm. Like, um, like the Asian shop, and they all live above. Like it's generations of family in that one building, mm-hmm. and they all work in that shop at the bottom. So like it was like that all near the Seahawks Stadium. But you could also see how they're beginning to try to do that in Vegas with what we call gentrification yeah. and what they, what they call revamping yeah. downtown. Well, it's and happening with, everywhere. Yeah, it's bro, happening bro. everywhere, and they're all uh, taking the same the, the, the same this, route and the same the, path. But it's but almost the, like on the same Seattle. streets, though, bro. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I go to I've been to MLK like MLK Boulevard in I think five different states now, Talk uh-huh. about and it's the same in every single state. It. You go to West Seattle, it's all black people. Yeah. On MLK Boulevard, on mm-hmm. LA, same. Well, LA's like that. Yeah. But Florida, same way. You go to Cleveland, same way. The it's numbers in them letters. Bro, you get to so the streets crazy. with them numbers in them letters. Yeah. Oh, you know that's same. black people. Yeah, you yeah. know exactly where you at. And, and it's so crazy. Almost like it was a plan. And that's when, like, gentrification, that's so sad because, like, I think a couple years ago when they added on to the 15 and MLK, that strip of MLK where they start right past where the new headquarters for the police department is, that was all black people, but then they all bought them out because they were like, we're going to build the rest of this freeway. And then it's like, yeah, you can give black people a little bit of money to find a new house. But obviously they were down here for a reason because they can afford it. It was affordable housing for them. So after that little seed money runs out for the from the government of y'all wanting to build, what the fuck are they going to do? They're going to get evicted from wherever else you sent them. Well, they're not even giving the black people that much money for yeah, those Yeah, exactly. There's you no know, way like, to like keep you it think, up. I think my grandma bought her like house back in, shit, maybe like 80 Eighty-one, something mm-hmm. like that, and she bought it for like a hundred and ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, like 
her house was appraised recently and I think it's like worth like two hundred and forty thousand dollars. So I know somebody would definitely come in that community, scoop that house up for that two forty, and it's gonna sell for like three hundred something. Like right in the heart of the west side. Because all the black people are out now. Well though see white people uh, to, jogging on the west side exactly that shit is yeah. crazy. And that, and that weird crazy well wherever they put a starbucks you know they come yeah. you know like, they come yeah you know they come that new one they put down by agassi like that was, that one, i was like but that was the craziest thing because like especially being down there like being mm-hmm. a teenager and just seeing the west side like mm-hmm. like it it bloomed like in mm-hmm. layman's terms like but it wasn't for the better for the community like no. You you really you see all the black people moving to the suburbs like well, they're they in the spread north. us out more and yeah, that kills like, community. You see like there's n- no dense population of black people in the center of Las Vegas anymore. Like we're all on the outskirts, whether it be Centennial Hills, like Aliante area, Southern Highlands, like it's ridiculous. East but, Las Vegas, yeah, Sunrise. Yeah, it's bad. Like we all live on the outskirts, mm-hmm. bro, and we really don't like it's weird. Like we just don't have the same the camaraderie com- yeah the community like, no is totally community. different because when i moved over here like i told you i felt like so out of place when i came up to this school and you were the first person i met from the north side <laughs> from the west side and then like when we were talking to caitlin and talking to her about the west side and when we took her down there oh, it was just insane to me like i was just like nobody knows about this and the only reason anyone would know about this is because all the new shit being built and then we were talking about the mural on the mcdonald's how they painted they, they, over, yeah, they it. over it and i See, was that, like that caused so much controversy yeah. on the west side though and people don't even know about that yeah. when they, they took don't down know that about mirror. them do little summers. bro yeah. they don't know about that bro <laughs> that damn but, pool actually i want to get on like that's crazy bro like even coming to arbor and Did how ignorant pool? they think people are from the west side bro like i feel like that's so disrespectful yeah. like so disrespectful i feel like people should, should put so much more respect on the west side like there's people from the city who have never even seen those parts of the city no, they've yeah. only been through them and well, been one of those oh my gosh Kate, we're yeah. all like she had never seen situations. that before that was like she was just like what it was a huge culture shock and i was like this is like the oldest part of it one of the oldest well, parts of vegas they get started yeah and i was back when my grandparents they tell me the stories where to be outside after even if you're working at the casinos you have to show the police your card that you were working just to leave these areas mm-hmm. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, all those little bars where all the churches and stuff. Like, really crazy. The west side, there's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. Like, every single corner. Mm. I would live over there now, though. Would you buy some property over there? Most definitely. Most definitely. If I had the opportunity, when I have the opportunity to, I definitely will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. No, when, when I have that. When happen. I have the opportunity exactly. to. Yeah. I mean, the positive affirmations for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, another thing I wanted to talk about, because we talked about it the last time you were on, and I think we're all in, like, different spaces since then, is, like, our spiritual or religious, however you want to switch out those words, um, journeys. Um, I think E. Yeah. yeah you had the biggest one. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest one. I guess I'm just more open in, in my learning of it and experiencing it for myself. Like, I mean, I don't really want to speak on Islam because I'm not a scholar and I'm learning myself. But um, spiritually, I don't. I feel like I feel like understanding yourself is probably the first step of growing spiritually. Okay. I feel like like once you growing, I guess that understanding the self is also at the same time you growing spiritually because you are more than this flesh. And I, I think that that's, for at least for me, that's the root of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like understanding yourself outside of this flesh, outside of a haircut, 
outside of <laughs> that outside of a Nike shirt. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. not who you are when you're trying to be your best, but who you are. Are you comfortable with going outside with with uh, not having a a, a dread read twist? Torian, not are, are you are you are you willing to go outside that way? Are you willing to bro, go ta- outside? Bro, attacking me. Bro, attacking me. <laughs> are you willing to go outside See, without that I haircut? I feel like that's different. Like, like you, I love myself for my entirety, even on the crusty days. And I'm pretty sure everybody know how I am with everything, but I feel like that it's not even. It's just upholding the image that I I see myself. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I I tell people like. I believe I'm a divine being. I okay. believe you're a divine mm-hmm. being. I believe Elijah's a divine being. I, I think we're all walking gods on this earth. Mm-hmm. I I believe it 100%. Like, I definitely believe, like, we're so powerful. We speak things into existence and they happen. Our intuition proves so much. Like, how are we not gods? You feel me? So, like, I like to see myself as that. Like, mm-hmm. I build my physique to look like a god like i like to look at myself in the mirror and i'm like i'm a god like mm-hmm. i wake up this morning and i feel great like and i i'm not always on that but then at the same time i'm like bro like i'm great like that's just me that's mm-hmm. the, that's my flesh man like you're not where you're did not, the image of god become created in your mind and what did you begin how when did you begin to imitate yourself after that i seen god in myself to be honest like because we were creating the image of god so i seen him as me so I was like, there's no way that it's not me. But so that means that's you. So that is on your crusty days and your bad days. So when you say like, yeah, I like, want to get big, I feel like, I but that's my flesh. Cut. I said, that's my flesh. Right. My spirit is different. Okay. I feel like I know, like I know, like I love me. I love myself for my entirety. I love you. I love people, period. And I just want to be the best version of me mm. and then just project that positive energy on everyone, on everyone else. But I know that I'm an unfinished product and I never will mm. be finished. You feel me? Like, and it's just one of those things just becoming more more comfortable like because like as you know i grew up an only child i had a lot of time to myself mm. and i still have a lot of time to myself mm. so i feel like i've i've uh i'm not gonna say mastered it but i think i've got it down pretty well because like thoughts just run through my head all the time mm. like things about me things about anything like just it's all in my head so it's like i, I just don't know i think i i've spent so much time with myself that i know me so do you or do y'all separate how you see yourself spiritually um, and how you present yourself, I guess, in the, in the flesh? Yeah, I would say so. I, th- I mean, I like to think in the flesh I practice what I preach or, or like what my spirit tells me to do or what, what I feel. But then at the same time, I think your spirit is beyond you. Mm. So to some extent, I don't think you can do that all the time if that makes sense i don't know if i'm articulating that i guess the way i was thinking about it is because it's like you know how it's like i guess you can be sound and well i guess bleep how do i put this i guess it's hard for me to articulate it as well Mm -hmm. um having an understanding of who you are but then still needing validation from like material things like so if i'm like okay I know who I am spiritually, but then I don't feel right if I don't have on a pair of Nikes. Like, I can't go outside in a pair of K-Swiss. K-Swiss were 2006. Like, I guess that separation, I guess. Are you able to, like, um, separate the two or do 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 y'all begin to be, I guess? I feel like you have to conform to what's going on in the outside world. I think it's, again, and this goes back to 
me understanding humans as just wanting to belong, I think sometimes it is hard to separate that because we're conditioned and we're taught that this equals success, this material thing is success as a person. And sometimes people um, don't see a person as a separate, uh, two separate entities of just the flesh and spirituality. If that. That makes sense. Yeah. What was the question one more time? I'm sorry. I was thinking like my mind went to like a whole different thing. I guess uh, how you see yourself spiritually and then how you present yourself. I think how I see myself spiritually, I, I feel like that's something that I don't really need to like describe anybody else because mm-hmm. it's not for them to understand. Okay. You feel me? Like, like I could like I told her I can't fully fa- like fathom what it means to you, so right. you can't fathom what it means to me. So I feel like I could. I feel like when I talk to people, because I feel like when I when I talk about it, it's always really surface level for me. Because I feel like people don't know like like why it happened. You know, like when I called you after I was leaving Miami type, mm-hmm. and like what it did for me, like that transition. So, like I, I just don't feel like I need to publicly put it on. Like I'll post about it. Like I'll post the cards that I pull. Like all that other stuff. But it's not like something that. I need to like push on the people like, oh, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's more so here's the information or see like what I'm pulling for me personally, like that I practice and then I just move forward. Now, if you don't believe that I like I am this person, that's OK. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need your validation for what you think I am because I mm-hmm. know what I am. Validation. Yeah. Validation. Do we all think that I guess in, in today's world, it's it's. It, it's hard to stick to something, I guess, spiritually or any belief system when, like, you said it's human nature to want to fit in. And we are presented with so many different, I guess, versions of other people that you're trying to fit in that you, as a human, may be trying to fit in with, mm-hmm. with um, social media. Oh, 100%. I think so. I think it'd be hard. I think for me personally, though, as far as like my spiritual journey and understanding is luckily for me, or I think I'm lucky to have this experience is just like, I think even if someone has differing beliefs from me, again, we're just, we're just all people who want the same like three Mm -hmm. basic things. And so just to accept people for who they are and what they believe, and if that's what you're going to do, that's on you. I will continue to love you or respect you, whether that be from a distance, because I really don't agree with what you're saying, (laughs) you know? But um, I think I'm very fortunate in that way to just see people as, I may not believe the same thing Torian goes by but I think we have enough respect for each other to understand you practice that way I'm going to practice that way and I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't see the world in that way well I feel like it just causes arguments you know like how are we friends and we have different opinions Mm -hmm. it causes like that like you're going against the grain you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying like it it makes people uncomfortable it's Mm -hmm. like how are we in a friend group and we can agree on something like this Mm -hmm. and uh I think it kind of really tests like your your relationship with people, mm-hmm. especially when it comes down to belief. Like I I don't know like I don't know why relationships have to end because we can't agree on something. I think it's a fear or a threat of. Um, I I don't know why people struggle so much with that. I guess of difference of opinion or beliefs because the way I see it, at the end of the day, 
none of us knew what shit came before. Mm -hmm. There was no way for us to know. And none of us are going to know how this shit ends until it ends. Individually. We yeah. all going to figure out by ourselves. Yeah. Well, but the thing, I, I think the thing about spirituality is like energy and shit you could feel. Like, yeah. like that's yeah. that's a projection, mm -hmm. bro. Like, you, when mm -hmm. somebody negative comes into the room, the whole energy of the room changes. You, like, you can't tell me that's not real. You no, know, like, true. I feel like the things that that are like spoken on in like hinduism and like things like that mm -hmm. those are things that are fathomable like you could hold like if you meditate and you really get to that relaxed state mm -hmm. i really feel like you tap in with your your higher self yeah. if that's what you want to call it or like even mm -hmm. just the self-reflection is a form of meditation mm -hmm. and then it just shows like how much stress is relieved like all of this like even praying in Christianity, like praying to God, that's a form of meditation. Like, mm -hmm. mm, sad to say, you know what I'm saying? Like, you communicating with God, but like I said, I believe we're all walking God. You really communicating with yourself because all the answers mm -hmm. come from here. You know, like they're within you, and I feel like that's where people get scared because they don't want to ask themselves those questions when they already have the answers to them and they're within themselves. Yeah. But a lot of the things that we do, especially out of tradition and some of those things being religion, like they could have all stemmed from the same place. But then words, especially these words that, you know, the, 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 that, you know, the Romans, you know, put on, especially English. You're trying to define all of these things under a, a limited set of words. Yeah. Like we don't have the words to describe some of these mm -hmm. things. So like we use meditation and all this and you correlated meditation and praying like maybe praying came out of maybe the idea to pray X amount of days came out of the idea about well, we believe that this is going to help you, so do this. You call it meditation, we call it praying, but, but it's all doing serving the same into cause. Your higher self. That's all. That's all it really is. Like, I mean, that's why I like reading into the practices of like being an omnis because it's the respect for everything. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, you look at it from an outside perspective. You just want to spread like peace, love, and positivity, bro. Like, right. that's that's all it really comes down to. So, like, if you're a good person at your core. What do we have to beef about? Like, truth. Like, there's no reason why, because we don't read the same book or we're not doing this. I don't pray five times a day. You feel me? Like, why? We, we essentially, we see the same thing. I think because religion has been perverted by people trying to push an agenda. Yes. Oh, definitely. Because yes. it's yes. meant to divide people. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and that's evil, you know? Like, that's just generally evil, like splitting people. And then, like, the more and more you divide, like, it just, I feel like that's how. You control people easier like you could kind of play your chords differently it's like mm -hmm. like you just have people fighting and then ultimately there's just somebody at the top like orchestrating or mm -hmm. whatever like a rap I, I think genuine if you genuinely like lead with love and i guess um and, and try to eliminate hate out of your heart uh, you could pretty much get along with, with anybody mm -hmm. as long as they're leading with the same thing and they're giving you the same thing in return love and a lack of hate so i think that spiritually I think that spiritually connects us all, love. I think love yeah. spiritually connects us all. And if we focused on just that more, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't care what your religion is. I don't care, like, is there love here? Like, mm -hmm. are you are you willing to, to love your neighbor? So, yeah. You know, are you or willing for the to flesh. do that? Are you willing to do that? Mm -hmm. like, like, just loving somebody for the flesh, though? Like, not even, like, just surface, no, I should no, say. No, loving them because you understand that no, I'm saying I feel like a lot of people mm. do that. Like, they oh, love yeah. people for the flesh. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. just what's in front of them. It's you know? hard to see beyond yourself, I think. Yeah. I think that's what people need to practice on more. It's mm -hmm. just that 
aside from the flesh there's so much more you contribute so much more and there's so much beyond you mm. and you're just this little like vessel to further whatever the plan or whatever you want to call it is in life like the butterfly effect like mm. every little thing has a yeah yeah i think that's um that's important in getting us all to connect more. Mm-hmm. Just that level of love it's that you're speaking of. I feel like, like that just to, starts with conversation. To bro. be able to understand mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody's just in their vessel doing the same thing, going through problems, trying to find solutions. Yeah. Bad days, good days, but we're all experiencing it in different ways, but we are experiencing it. Yeah. I think people don't give people enough grace or enough understanding of like and that's a big thing just going to college like when i went up to reno for years just like understanding like yeah i may not understand why this person did that or she said this and he did that um but i don't walk in their shoes so i need to learn how to do that or accept that i don't you know and what we're talking about mm-hmm. empathy mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally yeah, to talk about empathy i think people just need to give people grace yeah it's like i mean like you just like you say you never know what somebody's going mm-hmm. through like I, it's just those simple like small human interactions mm-hmm. that can change like something for somebody and I feel like like we live for those moments yeah Kevin how do you think that people could show grace in their daily life um it's I feel like it's so general to say just lead with love like you said but I think like that's the biggest thing just um well, and I feel like it, it all keeps coming full circle mm-hmm. of you listen to someone, you sit here and you take the time to have a conversation with someone. It's check in how people are doing. Um, check in on the thing. Practice what makes you happy. Try something new, experience something new. And then when I say have a conversation, because I think Torian had pointed out is that's like the first big step. I think people are just afraid of having a conversation because of the fear of being wrong. Um wrong or losing that person because you guys just don't see eye to eye i think I, I guess i i think both things but i um the reason i say being wrong is because like for so many people a lot of their beliefs become their personhood and who they are as a person and nobody wants to feel like like the rejection of this person says everything i believe is totally wrong so now therefore they're rejecting me as a person because this is what Ooh. i believe and what i've based my entire life that. and actions no, on if that yeah that. no i definitely i've i've, I've ran into that before mm-hmm. definitely like um i don't know i just i know for me personally it's probably not it's not a fear of being wrong you mm-hmm. know like because i'm not a very confrontational person mm-hmm. so like even trying to come into a, a conversation that i'm uncomfortable about Especially with somebody that I love or that I'm close with, it, like it makes it seem like you're walking on eggshells. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because even if the dispute goes semi well, like it was an argument, but it didn't end on bad terms. It's like you guys are both like you're always gonna see that person differently. Yeah, you know, like it's it's always weird because you guys see things completely differently because uh-huh. you guys are two completely different people. And I think that's what like what affect me was just seeing the shift in the relationship and yeah. just being like ah, oh, like I don't know, like we're kind of moving funny around each other because yeah. we got into a disagreement. And I feel like that's what really tests like like relationships, whether whatever it would be, to see how long it will last to see if you can move forward. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that's that's really real, and I think I learned that definitely in a relationship that me and Tori me. Uh, have grown to have over the years since high school. Um, because we don't, we definitely disagree on a lot of things yeah. a lot of times. But then we'll come back and just have a conversation, and then get a lot of understanding about it. Then we'll end up, mm-hmm. I guess, closer, just so yeah. so close in understanding that mm-hmm. the difference almost disappears i guess yeah it's because like we just understand each other and it's well, like it's we rock with like, you are you know we, we talk for understanding you know what i'm yeah. saying like like i like i said earlier like he'll send me something about my lifestyle mm-hmm. and i'll be like ah that's bullshit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but it's never been like oh fuck elijah because he's he like he's picking on me uh-huh. but it's not you know what i'm saying now i feel like in the beginning like it took time you feel me like that that type of relationship has to be you have to actively Mm -hmm. work yeah yeah, like you it has to be built over time a lot of conversations where i'm like bro i'm not attacking yeah definitely definitely yeah because everything's so personal to everybody oh yeah definitely well because you hear something about yourself and then you're like what the fuck like you don't know you feel me Mm -hmm. like that's the first thing but then you were like oh it's all in good fun and whatever and you move past it but i feel like people don't have the maturity to do that Mm -hmm. like like i don't even well People can't even do it within their own family, so why would they? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like others, you know what I'm saying? Like even if you. That's where it starts. Where it starts in the home. Yeah, well, exactly. I made that point. Yeah, earlier. it starts in the home because yeah. it, it gets uncomfortable. Like, have have you ever approached your dad? Like, hey, dad, I, I'm feeling something like this. Like, I didn't like how something like this went. Like, I know it's very rare for anybody to yeah. do that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because that doesn't happen. Right. So like things happen and you just kind of let it roll mm-hmm. off your back. But then that builds up and then it carries into other things. And I feel like that's not good. Because if you can't do it to the people you've known your whole life, mm-hmm. if you can't have that level of honesty in the conversations you have with the people you know in your whole life and the people that, I guess, know you the most, then who can you do it exactly. with? And I think that when we do have these conversations, that's what a lot of people say. They're like, how am I going to approach you this way? How are we going to have this conversation? when I don't even speak like that to the people that know me best. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, I, yeah. Hell yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just scared of the reaction. Like, that's really like that's fearful. You know, like especially hearing it like going to therapy, and then like hearing the therapist be like, "Well, did you talk to him about it?" Hell no, I didn't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me? Like that? That's the first like my first response. And she's like, "So you have all these feelings this way, but you've never said anything. So how's that gonna resolve anything?" And I sat there and scratched my fucking head, mm-hmm. and I was like. You're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like it all just, like I said, goes back to self. Like, how do you, like, how do you want to feel in the future? Like, you got to, you got to put things in motion, yeah. like, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be fearless. I call it, my, I call it a superpower. Like, Being growing, a, growing, growing, a, like, uh, detach yourself um, from, from fear essentially unlocks a superpower because you, you, you see how limitless you truly are mm-hmm. and how limitless your mind is and your ability to really put energy into something direct your energy into something and get what you want in return you know, that's funny it's funny that you said that because uh you know my my uncle's girlfriend does the astrology stuff i didn't know that yeah she actually she actually makes money doing that bro it's crazy it's a crazy thing but uh she actually predicted like my whole year bro like and it was weird she did it back in december and it's funny because i didn't want to read it because i was scared but as i as i read back everything that that she predicted and those things happened you know like in some sort of way very broad but like it was funny that you said fearless because that was one of the things that said like that's something that's going to be coming up like like some sort of fearlessness you feel me like because i get uh 
weary like when making new decisions you know what yeah I'm saying? like change is hard yeah like with the personal training thing yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. one thing that like i wasn't necessarily like sold on but now I'm, i've been thrown into it mm-hmm. and like i like it but it's still like but i'm wondering what other change is going to come too like mm-hmm. because of justin like if you didn't know i moved to henderson recently mm-hmm. so like that's a like a i wouldn't say huge change but it's definitely different because mm-hmm. i'm away from yeah. everybody that i know but i don't know like I think that's something I could work on personally, like just being more fearless because I'm like so scared of what might happen on the back end. Yeah. Because uh, I don't like putting all my eggs into one basket. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. like we didn't talk about that before. Too. Yeah. And I think we all are to an extent, especially when you live in a society that uses that to control people. So it's like, I feel like we're all just like mm-hmm. trying to break through this levels of fear. Like I fear this and I'm over this fear. And it's like, you might figure out you fear another thing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to break through that. So you're just constantly just trying to break through this, 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 this ceiling, I guess. Yeah. So, like this is, a, this is another question. Like, do you do y'all feel like y'all were fearful? Like when we were about to become adults, like, like senior year type, when reality was about to set in, we was getting ready to graduate. Um, I think yeah. I've always been just like stressed. Like, fear or failing scares the absolute shit out of me. And, I mean, failing is subjective. It depends on uh, what your definition of failure is or what is that, what specific, if it's a job or if it's school or anything like that. But I think, yeah, I was a lot more fear, And I still am, like, fearful about it because I'm like, am I doing this right? Am I taking the right steps? But, like at the end of the day like I look to like and like older people like listen to them um and this was a con like listen to your elders it's not like they're not going to lead you astray on purpose they don't want to be there for your downfall so it's just like I think what helps me get over being so fearful about it is just like looking at my parents and my grandparents and me like they got through this shit they figured it out and everyone has to go through it eventually um but that's so I do always have like a I don't know if it's a healthy fear, but there's always just like a a like I gotta make it and I'm gonna figure it out because if I don't for myself, who is? Mm, mm-hmm. If not me, then who? who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I, I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the hell traditional fear about graduating is. But mm-hmm. I, I guess it, it. Mine wasn't in the sense where it's like you know I'm graduating. Like what's next? Because I feel like I had took on a lot of like the role of an adult at a young age just mm-hmm. based on my life experiences so I, at an early age I was already thinking like you know like I know what I have to get done for myself and some of the things I have to do I, I know what is necessary to get where I want yeah. and I know what I have to do so for me it was just like you know these are just things that have to get done for me to get where I want to go but I think um, being like with my life experiences uh, my family is my world like that that's what means um, uh, the world to me so a lot of the fear that I've had in my life is, um, I would say, because I'm so focused on just progressing and I see it as just like fun, just learning myself and progressing in my life, um, progressing to a point where I'm not able to share information fast enough or get people to grasp certain information enough to where my family's able to, able to I guess, go on this ride with me. So my fear has been understanding that, I guess, that even though I am in a family, and this is something I, I say a lot, like, even though you are in a bunch of different communities, a family, a friend group, or whatever. We're all individuals, and we're all on this um, path together, but also separately. Yeah. And it's everybody's individual decision to grow in the ways that they see is fruitful for their lives. So 
I guess, breaking through that level of fear that, um, I guess, me and my family are going to separate because of, I guess, uh, a different, uh, understanding things a different way. Mm, going on a different path. Yeah, or, going on a different mm-hmm. path. Yeah. I feel you. Like, I definitely was scared. I was uh, 100% scared because uh, I didn't have to figure it figured out, like, all the way, the, the way I thought I did. You feel me? Like, uh, especially wrestling. And getting hurt, like, threw me off very, like, very much, too. Like, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, uh, I didn't apply to any school senior year. Like, I'm not even on cap. Like, I, I really just went through it just having a good time, you know. Like, went to school to have fun. So, like, I, I did well, but I just didn't have anything set up. So then when I finally went to college and I realized it was real, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is first step, like first step into the direction that I'm supposed to be going in. Then moved to Utah and then I did that and then I got out of school and then I was like, just worked for a while and I was like, damn, this is what regular adulthood is like besides like what, paying a mortgage or something? Mm -hmm. Like you just get up and go to work and then go back home. Like there's really not much more to life. That's what they kind of made it seem like, you know what I'm saying? Like you wake up, go to work and go home. And that's what one of the craziest things, like, was to me, I could wake up and decide what I want to do today. You know, like, you think being in school for 12 years straight, like, you get up, go to school, and that was that. Like, it was just so weird. But yeah. I was definitely scared. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. Because now you're allowed to, yeah, make those decisions when you've been told your entire life what to do. Yeah, and I exactly. think that was the biggest, that, that was where the fear came for me. It's just, like, picking a major. I was just, like, in my head, I was, like... I do this one thing and it's going to set the course for the rest of my life, but I've changed my major now like three times at this point and I'm fine. So like, I think a lot of fear has been alleviated for me of like I said, just getting through it and just like, you got to take stuff as it comes and, um, life just happens, I guess. One day at a time. Yeah. See that. And I think I had the realest, um, what a hardest realization of that. Like when life actually smacked me in my face and I was like, Oh shit. Like I had one of those, uh, panicking moments and I got really bad anxiety mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to deal with it and I was like bro I gotta like let shit come and go like I, I say this to him all the time I treat my feelings like visitors I let them come and go mm-hmm. and then like I don't let them leave anything behind so I, I always try to move forward yeah. like I I definitely think it was something that I needed though like to to improve that like if you if you get hung up on the little things in life you'll never be able to move forward no. and not being afraid to to um, go outside of the path that everybody feels that you should be on, because mm-hmm. you know everybody has an opinion, and everybody thinks that based on what your what choices you've already made, mm-hmm. what your next choice should be based on what's happened before mm-hmm. you. When um, you you'll be the first and last Kevin to live your life, mm-hmm. I'll be the first and last Elijah to live my life, and you'll be the first and last Tori to live your life. So you should really treat it that way. Like yeah. there's nobody who's been in every situation you've been in to the exact extent. So can any no one can predict like specifically your next move mm-hmm. and how it's gonna go. So you should truly be the only one making those decisions and try to get fearless in making those decisions so that you can be your best and be limitless yeah. in making those decisions. I think it's just the judgment. Like the the outside judgment, like the the people above you, like what they expect from you. Like, uh, I feel like like our parents and stuff have like a like a pre-cognitive notion of what you're gonna be or what they want you to be. Mm-hmm. And when you don't end up being that mold, I 
or you think you're not that mold, like as a child, you're like, I failed. I feel like that's what most people are going for, like that uh, that validation from everybody else. Because mm-hmm. like I ran into it, you know, like after taking a year and a half off of college and you think, but you're about to be a senior, correct? Yeah, senior. Yeah, you're about to be a senior, and you think Congrats. I'm still. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still like I'm just on kicking. paper. I'm still con- considered a junior, uh-huh. and I'm like the homies finna graduate in 2022. What the hell am I doing? That's how I feel. You know, I'm feeling like I'm like, what the hell am I doing? The homies finna graduate. Everybody like I was worried about things that had absolutely nothing to do with me. Mm. Oh shit, the homies finna take some dope ass graduation pictures. It's hard. Everybody not to doing compare. this. You know what I'm saying? Social like I was, media. I was tripping, and I was like, what the. Why do I care? That's bro? all we like, do is compare. Like, why? Yeah, like literally, why? And it was just like, wow, like that, that, what? Like for what? Like uh, who yeah. am I trying to prove this to? I need to prove this to myself. But like, it's just like I don't need to put this out for everybody mm-hmm. else to know. Like I'm still doing well. So what does it matter? Then you know that. Yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing. Like I know that. But I feel like we get so stuck on like what the next person is going to think like it's always that that outside perspective mm-hmm. or you hear somebody um like i remember one of uh, one of my uncle's clients like he's a doctor of course like he's a big douchebag like he's <laughs> he's super full of himself the doctor douchebag yeah so he uh he was like hey t when are you gonna be done with school like i can't wait to go to your graduation i was like actually i took a break and he was like what he was like, I, I finished my undergrad in like four years I'm not straight. You. That's yeah, he's like, I finished my undergrad four years straight. And your and name I, is. I went straight to medical <laughs> school, and like I looked at him, and I was like, Damn, bro! Like I kind of feel bad. You feel me? And I was like, This, this is crazy. This was like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and then my uncle was like, Bro, don't listen to him. Like, bro, it's, it's whatever. You're moving at your own pace. Yeah. Like nobody, like nobody set the pace for you but yourself, and move at your own pace. Exactly. And like. I feel like that was a hard thing for me to learn, though, for sure. It is hard. Because, like, everybody, like, has the bar set. Like, there's a standard mm-hmm. for everything. And, like I said, in high school, they conditioned us, like, oh, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was just something that replayed in my mind so often. And I think, um, and it's uh, something so little, but um, Christina and I were talking about it the other day. It just, like, we're conditioned to do it so little because we were talking about, like, little shit when you're like in elementary school and middle school and it's like oh you get straight A's so you get your little ice cream party and mm-hmm. then other kids gotta sit back in the classroom and do whatever and it's just like it's crazy that we do that to kids we already kids. separate them and tell them <laughs> that you're stupid and <laughs> they're you want to be them if you want to get in the big boy party you better get this <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so crazy because the measure of intelligence, if that's how you measure intelligence is by fucking grades, getting an A, you're, there's there's no possible way you're ever going to progress progress as a society. Because if, if these are the only people you're trusting, you're never going to get anywhere. Because there's so many different types of intelligences and just smarts. Intelligences or ways to be intelligent. We going with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... I don't know that that's crazy to me but then that goes into i think there's a lot of brainwashing and indoctrination yes. whether it be through education or religion or just everyday practices no i, I agree i agree one yeah. billion quadrillion mm-hmm. whatever zillion percent we think everything that was technically taught to us in high school was a lie almost everything and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy how we allow um other people 
to give us definitions for what success is, what mm-hmm. failure is, what crazy is, what insanity is. It's, it's other people continuously defining these words, and especially as being, us being black in America, the people who are defining these things based on history, they don't they don't have our best interests at heart. No. So it's like it, it, you allowing somebody else to define you what success is or allowing allowing them to, to tell you what a failure is or what this is. You're giving them the ultimate power over mm-hmm. you because you begin to live yourself in the box that someone else created. Yep. It's not your box. Mm-hmm. So you're continuously trying to get out of a box that somebody else could raise the walls on. It's like they say you go to one school, if you get an A minus, it's going to count. But the other school, they don't count A minuses as X, Y, and Z. So you, you, if you wanted to get a 4.0, that changes by whatever school you wanted to yep. get to. So you, It's all subjective. So why are you living so rigidly by this when it's so ever-changing? Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're the only one who got to do the work. Like, mm-hmm. you got to live for you. You got to live with you. Mm-hmm. You got to live with the thoughts in your head when you make decisions. As soon as you start making decisions for the outside world and other people, you you give you them control lost your over mind. your life. You, you lost, lost your life. life. <laughs> you lost your life. Yeah, the bro. second you give somebody else the, the ability to tell you that what you're doing is wrong, so you shouldn't do it, and, and allow that to guide your decision making, you yeah. know what you better than they will ever know you. If you live by what other people like say and think, I think you're just surviving. You're not living. Mm-hmm. Once you start to do the stuff for you, then you're living. But you think that's the that's eighty percent of people? Yeah, ninety <laughs> percent of people. Yeah. Like, because that's how I feel right now. But that sheep mentality, though, like, like you're just getting herded. Like people, if if everybody was a wolf, everybody like we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. It would be chaotic as hell. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, I believe this, you believe this, he believes this. We all can't be friends. I need people that are going to follow me. Yeah. Like, it, it just can't work that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it has to be these sheep. Like, eventually they're going to have to wake up. Have to, quote unquote. But why? Like, for what? Like, you're only, you're only, like, everybody's reality is different. And I feel like our reality is different because we see things from a, a logical standpoint and then try to analyze things and make sense of it. I feel like people don't try to make sense of like anything. They just live in it and that's what it is. I think it's blind faith or blind acceptance a lot of the times. Like and sometimes you need that. I agree. Like I, I think there's there's necessary evils to that, but then like Necessary evils like what? Um Good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Like I'm um, I mean like we could even not to make this political, okay. but what's going on with the in Afghanistan? You think if we never had our hands in that, would we would this be clean happen? Yeah, 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 like we would be clean of that. Mm-hmm. And America has a problem with putting our hands in things that we have no business of doing. Mm-hmm. But we we have that need to fund everybody else, fund wars to make ourselves look bigger and better when we don't need to. Mm-hmm. But it's like for what? So then it's like, what's the like? Where does it stop? Yeah, where does it stop? Mm-hmm. If there's these necessary evils, like, oh, we just dropping bombs, doing this, doing this, doing this. Now you just killed a whole generation of people, and these people don't have a school, and now they're uneducated. Then what? Like, th- there's too many repercussions for, yeah. for Wait, necessary evils. What are those necessary evils, Kevin? See, now that's the thing. Once you, If you pose it like that, I don't know. I think, the necessi- I think we're driven to believe in necessary evils by fear, because it's like, if we didn't do... A, B, and C, then people would see us as a bunch of bitches and we'd be the next people that they'd attack. Well, so are you saying it's a necessary evil Survival. with it being that we need sheep and we need wolves and then we need the herders? Mm-hmm. That's basically what... So we we need these class systems. Mm-hmm. I might have to 
Yeah, you might have to send that to me. The Green Book. <laughs> the Green Book. It shows how to live in a society where everyone's voice actually is being incorporated into the vision and the actions of said government instead of you electing somebody and then they go off the rails and decide for everybody. Like how I elected you, you but now the, I'm gonna decide. What's the income for of that? You. Oh, like what's the what's the uh, the outcome of that? What is that? Like what would it be if everybody's voice was heard? Because I don't have an idea of it in my head. It would be a society where, at least in theory, your voice is actually being incorporated in the decision making of the country. Not you're gonna elect someone who's then gonna make the decisions. It's I'm gonna. You're going to be elected by a group of people who are also going to be the same group of people that have the ability so we're to all control sitting at the what table. decisions. Yeah, everyone's well, we're, sitting, everybody's at sitting at the table. Everybody's sitting at Everything's the table. Everything's so great in theory because then in our, as far as America's concerned in our government, we thought in theory a democracy is so great yeah. well, to elect a person and then they're supposed to speak for well, the general population. I say this. I say this all the time, bro. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. So then we all got opinions, bro. But then we all got to come to an agreement. So then exactly. we but we're but we're debating. How, it was, how, what's going to happen? What, you know what's going to happen? What did we talk about in this conversation that was needed? More, more conversation. Yeah, more. Co- yeah, we're giving sure. the power sure. to a small group of people to have conversations, and their ability to be one of those people to have mm-hmm. conversations is being solely dictated on, at least for the most part, who has the most money. Yeah. To, to, to put in True. front of you and just be more likable. Mm-hmm. Not who's going to go up here and actually represent what I feel. It's who, who's the most likable guy out of this. Who looks like the movie star. They're all actors, to be yeah. truthful. Yeah, they're posers. Yeah. But I mean, like, I just can't see how that would, like like she said in theory, but they're... Because how would you ever get to an that's, end? That's big personalities. If, if we're all sitting at a table making a, uh, a decision, there's no way we're not at this table for a reason. Like, I feel like... It's people that are smart, people that can make like good decisions and then like obviously hold a conversation. But like I said, I feel like it would turn into a debate. Well, here's why you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. This is why we should do but, what I'm doing. But where we are right now is, well, you didn't go to school for political science, so you, you shouldn't be able to speak about politics. Yeah, you can yeah, totally negate someone well, else. Yeah. You completely whole... like I don't have the ability to tell you what I think is best for mm-hmm. my life. It's, and it's that's a the jab. problem. It's Every, a jab. Like we we continuously strip people of their ability to decide their own fate and mm-hmm. like at least give their sense and actually make their sense count for something Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean how you feel is gonna win but is what you're saying gonna actually be incorporated in a decision making process is it gonna actually lead to a decision could it be something that actually is incorporated because you brought it up in today's world no like for the most part that that answer is no. no like unless unless you are one of the people funding a large group of people and at least in this country that is the way to get your will exerted on the rest of the people. Yeah. If you have enough money to control enough people, and for the most part, that is white males. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I just don't know. Like you, you have to read the book. He details it very well, at least yeah, in a way that I've never seen before. Interested in that because I, I just don't know. Like I just feel like it would be big personalities at a table telling, like trying to. Negative. Like, where's the resolve in it? Yeah, like, yeah. like who's going to be like, all right, we got to come to a decision. Like, we all got to, you know what I'm saying? To, After we didn't went back and forth for two hours, we got to come to this. It essentially just goes through a series of just circles of groups of people. So it's like the larger group, a smaller group, a smaller group, a smaller group. But then they all answer back to the, the, the biggest group. How does, how do you determine who's in each group and like the, the like the weight of their with, decision? It starts with the bigger group. The bigger groups are like smaller groups. 
and that's how it goes but everybody's accountable to the bigger group so everybody's accounted everybody's accountable to me and you our voice doesn't begin to not matter just because we're not in this smaller group mm -hmm. essentially that's that's essentially how it works it it's not well i'm only in this group so now my voice no longer matters no so everybody's still agree? accountable to you everybody doesn't agree but then you come to a consensus that actually incorporates the opinions of the small group because they can't go to the bigger group and go we're just gonna say some completely other ish that the, the smaller group had nothing no conversation about I'm coming up there representing what the people told me. Mm -hmm. This group voted for this. They all said this. Now, all I'm doing is coming to communicate that to the best of my abilities to the next group. Mm -hmm. And then the bigger group's still going to vote on this. So if they don't like it, it's still just not going to happen. So what's going to happen is, well, Would you in just theory, be out of stalemate? I believe that a consensus would, at in various different situations, would come or you'd have to work towards one. Mm -hmm. A stalemate... I would rather have a stalemate where we're forced to have a conversation to where we somehow work to a consensus as a big group of people instead of giving it, giving your power away to a, a smaller group and allowing them to just run away with it. And you have no real way of holding them accountable when it's going to be up to Walmart to decide whether they get back in office or not. Mm. I feel that. Okay. But I, I see it in like retrospect, like the whole, like the whole picture. I just like, it's just hard to, to imagine that. Because in a perfect world, like, it will work. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like somebody would be off the rails or somebody just wouldn't agree and it wouldn't work. But but that's the thing. If it's one person, it doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, majority again, It's rules, a bigger yeah. group. Like, yeah. so you could be the one person that go off the rail if you want, but you still got this but bigger group that's going to hold you But it's impossible for somebody else to not have the same opinion as you as well. Like, it's almost impossible. Somebody else is thinking like you somewhere in that group. Exactly. And then yeah. that's where conversations are built and yeah. you have to come to And ideas change. So mm -hmm. like I could I could see it for mm -hmm. sure. I could definitely see it for if sure. If you look at the way I'm I'm sure I'm messing things up and